Just check on the person next to you. See if they're crying because they're going to miss Jimmy so much. Hand them a tissue. I know, so emotional. Oh. Well, it's really great to be here this morning. It's great to be with you guys. I've not been here for a while, but I know. <laughs> it's really wonderful to be here this morning as a community. God is so good, isn't he? We've been singing about his goodness this morning. We've been declaring that he is an eternal God, that he's a good God, that he is for us, that he is worthy of all of our praise. And as we, we listen to the preach word, as we listen to what he has to say to us this morning, I just pray that by his spirit, we will see him more. And that's the whole point as we read his word, as we look at his word, that we would see him more, that we would fall more and more in love with him, and that we would just adore him for all that he is. And so if you don't have a Bible this morning, I really want to encourage you to share with someone next to you. So let's do a quick Bible check. If you don't have a Bible, got a few places we'll be turning to. So share with someone next to you or in front of you. And if there isn't someone next to you, you can sit next to someone. So it's just something really powerful when we read scripture together, when we actually see the words on the page and allow them to come to life. Yes, the Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you that you're always with us, Jesus. Thank you that your presence goes before us. It's behind us. It surrounds us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you um, have sent your spirit to, to, to lead us into all truth. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray this morning that you would speak truth into our hearts and into our minds, God, that we would know you more, that we would see you more clearly and love you more dearly. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Life is a journey, isn't it? We hear this a lot. It's like one of the most cliche Christian terms ever, but anyway, the word journey. Life is a journey. Each one of us is on a journey, either as individuals, as a family, as a community. We're always headed towards somewhere, coming from somewhere, going somewhere. And even though sometimes we may be standing still, journeys have ups and downs. They have pit stops. They have launching periods. And they have unexpected things as well. And this whole concept of journey, as Christian as it is, you know, we say it a lot lot in Christian circles, it's something that everyone can relate to. We sing songs about it, you know, in the famous words of Ronan Keating, life is a roller coaster, just gotta ride it. Life has its ups and downs, its twists and turns. And even though you know that big drop is coming and you kind of prepare yourself for it, I don't think you ever fully can. And you go, vroom, and the pit of your stomach kind of jumps up into your throat and then it goes back down again. And yeah, just thinking about it now, I'm like feeling it. But I just picture myself. But yeah, we sing about it all the time. Life's a journey, life's a roller coaster, ups and downs, twists and turns, unexpected things coming and going. And If you have children, I remember when I was a child, my parents having to explain that to me when either a pet died or someone moved house or we had to move house. We moved house a few times growing up. We went on such a journey as a family and and all throughout that my parents kind of had this job to help us as children navigate that because that is part of life. And they could have hid that from us and said, you know, don't worry and just try and make it all. But then we wouldn't have grown and we wouldn't have become the adults that we are today. And so all throughout those twists and turns, they did their best to teach us how to do this life, how to journey through life, because it does come with unexpected moments. One of the most significant Christian writings is a book called The Pilgrim's Progress 
by John Bunyan. And that speaks of a journey, of a journey from this a city of destruction. So it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of picture, an allegory of a man who was in sin and how he went on this journey from a place of not knowing Christ to knowing Christ to a future heavenly city. And that's the story of the gospel, isn't it? This journey of not knowing him to going to where he will be. And we have a story and we have a journey to go on. But we are safe and secure because we know the author of our story. And this is the difference when we put our trust in Jesus. When we come to accept the gospel message of God, we know the author of the story and we know that the end is good. So regardless of the twists and turns and regardless of what's happened, we have a hope and a future because Jesus died, he rose again, he's seated on high, and he's coming back. And what we know of the future, what we know of eternity, impacts how we live now. And we don't live now just sort of waiting for that moment, but that moment gives meaning to what we do now. That we can experience the kingdom of God in the here and now, knowing that one day we will experience it in all of its fullness. There'll be no more tears, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more hurt. Just a glorious time spending eternity with Christ Jesus. And as Christians, we are called to live in light of that. There's a TV show on Netflix, you may or not have seen it, and it's called The Good Place. It's re- I know I knew in a sense it you was know, <laughs> And it's this really interesting picture. It's like it tells the story of the afterlife. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, and, and how there's like this point system and the number of good things you do it depends on where you end up. And it's interesting, to say the least. If one thing, it, it kind of highlights to me how we can't do this without Jesus. But nothing else makes sense other than Jesus. If you watch it, if you watch two episodes, you'll come to know that really quickly. Um, but what happens, spoiler alert, for like season three or something, um, I'm so sorry, but the guys who are in the afterlife and they've, they've died and, and then they get a chance to come back again and they live very differently because they know what's ahead. So before they had no idea and they just kind of went around doing whatever it was. But once they knew what was coming, it impacted how they lived then. How much more us when we have the truth, a true reality of a future and a hope of spending eternity with Jesus. We have to be those who live in light of eternity. And living lives transformed by the gospel is living lives in light of eternity because the gospel spans from creation to new creation. It doesn't end when Jesus went to heaven. It ends when he comes back. And then that doesn't end because the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And that, guys, is our future. That's our hope and that's where we are going. So if you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians 5 and from verse 1 to 10. It says this, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Paul's talking about our physical bodies here. So he's referring to our bodies as, as a tent, an earthly tent. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, 
because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, I would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. A real eternal perspective that Paul has there. Paul has this this deep, deep understanding of the gospel of Jesus in that this, what we see and what we touch and what we feel is temporary. But there is something eternal and we know that because the Holy Spirit is given us, is a deposit in us as a guarantee of things to come. That there is an eternity lying in wait for us. And so in light of that, he says, because we know this, we can always be of good courage. Regardless of what happens, it's not a, we, we as Christians, scripture tells us that if, for those who die in Christ, we don't mourn as those who mourn without hope. Because we have a hope of a resurrection, we still mourn, we still grieve, and that's part of life, and we must do that, that's really healthy. But we do that with a sense of hope, in knowing that that's not the end, because there is more to come. And so we can always be of good courage. The message paraphrase puts that section like this. That's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. That's what we trust in. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. And that's what keeps us going because everything else will change. Heaven and earth will fade away. Everything else can be shaken, but his word will never pass away. And we hold on to that. And that is what keeps us going through thick and thin, through situations, through troubles, doubts, temptations, holding on to him, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And as we live in light of eternity, our goal is to please him in this life, in the one to come, because it's all about him. Our lives become all about Jesus, all about his kingdom, all about what he wants to do. Paul says, I have died. I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. Therefore, everything about me is pointed and geared towards him. Scripture tells us that physical training is good for the body, but godly training is much more beneficial because it has, it has um, benefits for this life and the one to come. That's what scripture says. So you read your Bible every day. It has benefits for now and for life and eternity. There's something so, so concrete and so wonderful about that, 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 that we won't be able to take our, our shoes and our cars to heaven, but we will be able to take the experience of God in us. We will be able to take the journey and the things that God has done in us. We take that with us to eternity. 
that's not something we touch, but scripture tells us that it's worth it. So many times I used to kind of think, well, like, I kind of won't bother too much now because when I get to heaven, then it will just be, I'll just know everything and it'll be fine. When actually, it's a continuous journey, and I don't think I'm going to just kind of suddenly get to heaven and then, like, all the, 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 the faith and the, everything that God's put in me is going to, like, disappear. And I don't know, because scripture tells us that it still has benefit in the life to come. And so there are things that we can't touch, but that are more real that will continue for eternity. He's put eternity in our hearts. People are mesmerized by this, um, this, um, this aspect of eternity and end up with lots of different conclusions. But the only conclusion is Jesus. Our goal is to please him. We want to hear when we get to heaven, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. And that speaks of reward. Again, pointing to there is more to come. If there was no reward, Paul would never have spoken about it. But actually, there is a reward. Jesus said to to the people, if you live righteously just so that people can see it, then you've earned your reward on earth. And there's no more reward for you in heaven. But if you give and if you serve to please him for an audience of one, then your reward is waiting for you in heaven. Again, there are things that are not always so visible and will not be displayed everywhere, but they count to the one who sees, and there will be a reward in eternity. Scripture speaks about our works being tested by the fire, and you know, it's really challenging that sometimes when I think about why do I do what I'm doing? Am I doing it, I don't know, for the sake of people looking at me and saying, hey, is she doing a great job? Or am I following in obedience to the, to the Savior, to the Master, to the only one to whom it matters? So on that day, you know, when, when he said, well done, good and faithful servant, he said it to the ones who, who were faithful with what was in front of them. With whatever was in front of them, whether it was ten, five, or two talents, no matter how big or how small it was, they chose to be faithful with what was in front of them. And when we sow into the kingdom of God, when the things we sow into people's lives, when we give people the gift of the opportunity to come to know Jesus, that is eternal. That is something that cannot be taken away from them. The clothes may be taken away, but their salvation will never be taken away. And so in everything that we do, in everything that we sow, when we sow into the kingdom, those things, they last. They will last and they have eternal value. Many of you know that our time meeting together in Sundays as Higher Blakely is soon coming to an end. But we will continue to meet in homes. We will continue to pray together. We will continue to be the people of God together. And we can trust that the things that we have sown into the kingdom will last. That the lives that have been impacted will continue to be changed forever because he is faithful and he is able. That there is so much more than what we see right now. That he who was before the beginning of time and who will be here till the end of time knows already. And we can put our trust in him. There's this parable in Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. And it says this, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. 
And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts it to the sickle because the harvest has come. All the farmer had to do was sow the seed and not worry about the process. I mean, if you've been to my house, you'll know we have tons of plants and it baffles me sometimes how they grow. They grow in good conditions. Sometimes they grow in really bad conditions. I just don't understand it. You wake up one morning and there's a new leaf and I think, wow, God, you're so amazing. That even when I'm sleeping, when I had nothing to do with it, when I forgot to, when I forgot to water some of them, you still cause them to grow. And scripture tells us, Paul sowed, Apollos watered, but it's God who brings the growth. It's God who brings the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the ones who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. It's God who sends forth his word that will not return to him void. And we can trust in that, that he watches over his word to perform it. So if God has said something through prophetic word, through prayers, through dreams, we can be assured that it's his responsibility to watch over it and make it happen. Whether we're awake or whether we're sleeping, whether we're engaging or not, he is so much more powerful and able to make those things come to pass. And we are those living in light of eternity, who walk by faith and not by sight. How do we journey with all um, confidence when things are not going the way we feel they should be? By faith. How do we continue to sow and to pray even when we don't know what the results will be? By faith. I know in my life I'm personally the result of prayers that happened long before I was even born into this world. Because God doesn't operate in time the way we understand time. He sits outside of time. And so there's so much more and, and other ways that he, he does things that are just so incredible. And if we look at Hebrews chapter 11, which tells us of this amazing journey of people who walked by faith. From verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous and God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. Let's push pause there for a second. By faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. Do you see that the eternal value of something, even though Abel was physically dead, alive in heaven somewhere, but his faith still speaks now. How amazing is that? You know, when they say if someone plants um, a tree, it there's lots of sayings, but if someone plants a tree from a seed, they love others, not just themselves. Because you'll never see the tree in its fullness if you plant a seed. It takes like however many years to grow. And when that gets to 100 years, and there'll be someone else who will enjoy it. And they're enjoying the impact of what someone did, even though they never saw it happen. Abel's faith still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken away, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Living in light of eternity, our aim is to please him. We're only able to please him by faith. Galatians says all that counts is faith outworking itself in love. We live in an age where everything is, is, is very instant. 
is very, it's all about what I have, what I can see, what I can touch, what I can show off on social media. And there's so much, and, and, and the thing about faith is that I can't always, I can't show it off. I can't, I can't like, here's my faith, hey, have a look at it, isn't it great? You know? But God doesn't, God doesn't look on the outside like we do. He doesn't see those things. When, when we had Wilberforce's praying and, 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 and chugging away for slavery to end, they never saw the fullness of that that we did. There, didn't, there wasn't anything to present to say, look at all this. You can't present the hours spent praying and crying out to God, but we see the result. But God sees that. And even after they're long gone, their faith still speaks. It still stands. There is something more eternal, more tangible than what we feel. And as the people of God, we must be those who focus more on that than what we can feel, see, and touch. Because that is eternal. And that is how these guys lived. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He was looking for an eternal city. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And here's another, I have so many favorite bits, but this is the favorite bit for now. And all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth, that they were journeying through earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. To return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God has prepared a city for us, a heavenly one. And that's where we're going. And along that journey, with its twists and turns, its ups and downs, all we do is walk in obedience to him. To seek to love him, to please him, to journey by faith, doing all things by faith and in love. Trusting him even when we don't know where we're going, even when we make mistakes, even when we mess up sometimes and it doesn't go according to plan because of what we've done, not just because of situations. But that's life and our hope is that we're headed towards an eternal city. So whatever we go through, whether it's painful, it's okay to mourn and he's with us through that, but he takes us through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't say while you're sitting there, when you go through the valley of the shadow, you will come out, you will come out. And there is a future and a destiny and a hope for us. And so we have a big God who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And he is our hope. Jesus is our destination, eternity with him. And therefore, we journey this life together as community, together with the spirit, with a wonderful hope, knowing where we're headed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Cool. Let's pray. <laughs> Yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Thank you that you loved us so much 
that you died for us on the cross. Thank you that you paid the ultimate price. That you were mocked, you were scorned, you lay aside your majesty and you became nothing so that we could have everything. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made that now means we have eternal life. We thank you for the joy and the privilege we have to share that with others, O oh God. And we thank you that as we journey through life with you, O oh God, we know that there is nothing, O oh God, that can break us. Because we may be pressed down, crushed, perplexed and destroyed, but not ultimately. Because you are for us and you are in us and you are greater than he that's in the world. I thank you that we are not those who mourn without hope, that we are those who know what's coming. And we allow what's coming and what is eternal, what will never change, to impact how we live in the now. So God, I pray that you give us your peace. I pray that you give us your wisdom. I pray that you give us your strength. I pray that you would comfort us, oh God. I pray that your love would continue to abound in our hearts as we journey, as a community, oh God. As things that we know come to an end, we know that you don't. And so we put our trust and our hope in you. We pray that by your spirit you would be with us, Lord Jesus. That you would wrap your arms around us. That you will hold us and speak truth into our hearts. We love you and we bless you. Amen.